Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull here on a Friday. Well, we, we're waiting on snow here uh, on a Friday day. Rumors. Rumors of snow. Rumors of snow. Which Threats sounds, of snow. That sounds like a, like a, like a bad um, generic name brand of some, you know, generic brand name of something, you know, like Memories of Butter, which is like my all-time favorite. <laughs> Memories of for, Butter. I uh, can't believe it's not butter. That's what that reminded me of for some reason. Um, Memories uh, it's, of it's Butter. It's the best. It's the dollar so store. You can walk right down to the end because we're out here at the B4 Brady's in Hillview. Essence uh, of Butra. Yes, exactly. <laughs> butter, it's not, is another one, by the way. Butter, it's not. <laughs> I don't know how the hell we got there, but That's we're out here at B4 Brady's. That's the uh, Borat butter. Which, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> butter, it should be, not. It should be uh, a place out here where, look, there's nothing better to just sit and take in sports than eating an uncomfortable amount of chicken wings. Yes, that are delicious, this is a great place to do that. And you should start building up your tolerance for these things because it's, we're getting closer to the NCAA tournament time. And even without Louisville in it, mm-hmm. there's going to be plenty to watch. Hell, the NCAA tournament could just be like we could treat it like one big um, – like it could be American Idol for us. Just watching – you know what I mean? Auditions. Like that, that might be the best way uh, to view it and have a little fun with it, uh, at least, is to just treat it like open tryouts right? for us. And that might be very well what we're headed to. So we're happy to be out here. Uh, F it before Brady's and get our weekend started a little bit early. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm going to enjoy, enjoy watching everybody else eat the chicken wings as I, uh, it's Friday during Lent. So I'm going to find some fish on the menu. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, or maybe I'll just get them and I'll wait till midnight <laughs> and when I get home and I'll eat them then. But yeah, we've got a big weekend coming up with uh, men on the road uh, at Pittsburgh. But more importantly, we've got Virginia Tech at home. For the women on Sunday, huge game um, with a lot of implications. Yeah, we're getting into crunch time now. Uh, and uh, always a good reminder that these uh, – you had the, what, the, the release of, like, the, the projected top four seeds right now in women's basketball. Louisville was not there. Uh, it, thanks a lot, Carla. Appreciate that. It, honestly, it probably was that. It, it's as simple as that. You know, we would have had a, another quad one ranked win on the road. Uh, and we're, it, the margins are razor thin right now. We needed it, and that's probably the, the difference between hosting a game or not. Uh, obviously, we can still get it back with, with Virginia Tech on Sunday, and 
We've got a game against Florida State and a few more coming up down the road uh, before the end of the year, another matchup with Notre Dame uh, at the end of the season, uh, and, of course, the ACC tournament, which will be ripe with – rife with opportunities to, to get more quad one wins. So we still have a chance to play our way up in there. Um, but obviously that call, which has been refuted by every everybody that matters. Except for one random Twitter account that goes by Furman Hoops, I think, uh, who is determined that despite the actual NCAA and ACC issuing a statement that the call violated the spirit of the law says that even they are wrong. Uh, everyone else seems to have come all the way full circle on that relatively quickly. Is that like when somebody... Um, it's the children who are wrong, basically. Right. When somebody tweets at, at someone and, and quotes them back at themselves yes. without realizing what they're doing? Yes. You know, like, well, if you read this book, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I wrote that book. I wrote that book. So thank you for <laughs> And that. I read it real yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read it before you did. <laughs> I read it before it was even a thing. Oh, so we got a lot uh, to get into uh, here uh, throughout the day, we'll do something gas bag uh, a little bit later yeah. on uh, as well. We are moving into uh, the, the the end game here uh, on the men's side uh, with just a few more games uh, left, and it, it certainly feels like the, the the brief window that we enjoyed of, of potentially uh, talking about opportunities for him to save himself and that sort of thing uh, passed by pretty quickly. Uh, with Boston College, and I think we'll play some of this sound a little bit later on, Dave, but we were right back where uh, we have been for a long time. Bad diagnoses, excuse-making, and that sort of thing when it comes to defense and that sort of thing. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. But since you mentioned uh, the women, is it fair? Do you think that, is it fair to say that last night the win at Boston College is not a good team at all, really? Uh, no, they're not. It was, did we watch them thankfully escape the classic trap game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hate to, to generalize, but it, it happens. It's one of those tropes that's just true. And I know that, uh, like when Jeff was talking today and his media availability, he said, look, like, look at the scores of these games. Don't just look at the record. And I agree. Boston College has played a lot of teams tough this year. But by the numbers, the ones that matter for NCAA seeding and stuff like that, like if we had lost that game, it would have been a, a really bad loss for us. Uh, regardless of how you know coaches feel about other teams and, and – and, and, and whatever, like by the by the numbers, that would have been a bad loss. It would have been an anchor on our on our resume, and it's a good thing we got out of there with a win. Um, ironically, or fittingly, I should say, there was plenty of fouling at the end of the quarter, especially in, including when Olivia forced the turnover at the end of the game and got fouled with two seconds left. So it, it's a you know similar situation that that. You know, clearly the Furman basketball or whoever the hell that was uh, probably also thought that was an intentional, you know. But, um, look, they were sloppy last night, which has been one of the issues all year is turnovers. Every yeah. kind of turnover. It doesn't matter. It's not the same type every time. Uh, they have new and exciting ways that they turn the ball over <laughs> in different games, and that is the biggest thing that I see. Um that and a lack of lack of shooting, like those two things, but more the turnovers than anything. Because I feel like we've done a pretty good job when taking care of the ball of creating shots and and, and getting enough offense. But the turnovers are really the the thing that just drives. I know it drives Jeff insane, and it drives me insane watching the team. That is our biggest hindrance. And if you turn the ball over ten times in the first quarter against anybody, you're probably not going to fare very well. And that's what we were looking at last night. So. 
It really is a. I mean, 24 for the game. That's it's ridiculous. It's, it's remarkable just how much, both in football and basketball, turnovers uh, are almost uh, insurmountable. If you are a team that just routinely turns the ball over, uh, you have no hope of ever upsetting anyone. Uh, and if you are a good team, you make yourself uh, exponentially upsettable when you are not careful with the ball. And yeah. if there was ever a way, and this is what I think it applies to the men too, uh, that if, if there was ever a way to sort of maximize your chances in an, uh, when you're overmatched or whatever, taking care of the ball and just it, making it as difficult as possible on the other team, making them be as deliberate and uh, getting as few possessions and free transition baskets and all that sort of thing, making all of that as hard as you could possibly yeah. make it is step one to digging out of whatever hole uh, that you're in. The, the men have gotten a little better, but what we're talking about on the women's side is how we used to talk about the men where it's like, I want to be a final four team. We better tighten this up. Yeah. It's, their worst would be aspirational on the men's side in terms of taking care of the ball compared to assists. Mm. So we're, we're a long ways from that. So we're not having analogous conversation. Well, they're analogous. They're not equal. Right. No, this is, this is a conversation about what's going to hold them back from being a Final Four team. You know, this isn't a conversation about what's holding them. This is what's hold, maybe holding them back from being a great team. Because I think they have the pieces. And I think we've been right there all year, and they, they've shown the ability to beat elite teams, you know, beating Notre Dame. Uh, they have another opportunity on Sunday, but you know, Virginia Tech's more than just Liz Kitley, and Liz Kitley would be enough, you know, to yeah. make them a hard team to deal with. But Georgia Moore, if Liz Kitley wasn't the shoe in for to be the th- a three-time ACC Player of the Year, which she is, because she's averaging almost 23 points and 12 rebounds a game, um, Georgia Moore is one of the best guards in the league. And she's a first-team All-ACC type player. Uh, you know, Matilda Eck is one of the better three-point shooters in the league. Like they've got ways to beat you. That all being said, I mean, they, they're beatable too. But if you come in there and you don't take care of the ball and you let them get out on you and, and against a team like Virginia Tech who's got Final Four capability, like that's, that's not going to be enough. You know, it's going to – I mean, you saw what happened with Boston College. You know, we turned the ball over 24 times last night. Yeah. If we bought, we, and, and we're a much better team than Boston College. Beat them by two. We were lucky to get out of there with a win. You know, they hung in there and they won the game, which is good. But it took every ounce of effort. Boston College didn't go away. Um, I mean, we bring that kind of effort on Sunday and we'll get blown off the court, which I don't expect it. I mean, they. Right. I don't expect that. I expect them to step up very much like uh, the Notre Dame game. Um, we're great at home. I'm expecting a really good crowd. Uh, we don't get beat at home, not this year, and I'm and we don't get beat at home very often. Period. And I expect them to come with a championship effort on Sunday. But man, we have got to take care of the basketball. Like you said, like it's not just giving the ball away. It's when it happens. You know, like there's been. Games, I mean, we should have been up by 20 against Notre Dame, but every time we got two stops in a row, we just turned the ball back over, you know, and, and got overexcited and made the bad pass instead of the smart one, you know, and, and trying to to do something big instead of doing something the right way uh, and just, just playing too fast. Like, we're, we're speeding them up, but in, in turn, we're speeding ourselves up, you know, and, and it was super frustrating against Notre Dame to, to build a lead while turning the ball over, and it's like, man, if we could just 
stop turning the ball right over over to Notre Dame, we'd have, we'd have been up by ten to twelve more points than we were at halftime. It, it's 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 frustrating. It's one of the big big impediments with this team, and I'm hoping that they kind of fix that going into March because if they don't, it's going to be a short tournament run. I I wonder, I was thinking about this last night because both the men and the women were up there recently, and it was friends and family, yeah. right? It looked like a COVID crowd. I mean, it really did. And I, I wonder about in the case of the women, the men's is a little different thing, but even like Louisville's home games have plenty of atmosphere. They're not as great as they yeah, should be, but they have yeah. plenty of atmosphere. But on the women's side, everybody of course, who's there is yelling. You know, they're, they're very they're good. It, yeah. But I wonder about a team like Louisville in those situations where there's just nobody there. If it's jarring, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just how much more difficult it might be to just sort of summon that stuff. Where I think this is the trough for a lot of teams in terms of emotional energy, energy yeah. anyway, because you start trying to ramp things back up. And this is about kind of the place where I think most coaches stop experimenting, stop. Uh, leaving questions open and start trying to just, okay, this is what we're going to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and now you go up there and you place it and it's like a library <laughs> and you know you have Virginia Tech coming up and you have the hangover from the disappointment uh, of the loss from before where you feel like you got ripped off. I think that performance was understandable. And I think in Jeff's case, but you got to really hope that that's exactly what that was. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because a lot of teams, they're used to the smaller crowds and then they, as March comes along or they start playing at Louisville and Notre Dame and NC State and stuff like that, that they, they get jarred by that, and I feel like it's the exact opposite when you're used to it. You know, and, and the good news is there's not going to be crowds like that in the NCAA tournament. You know, um, There's going to be a raucous crowd wherever the games are played, hopefully in the Yum Center. Um, we seem to thrive under those lights. Uh, obviously, we've been to five straight Elite Eights, two Final Fours in that run. Um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm expecting a much different-looking performance on Sunday. Um, and hopefully we could pull out the win because we we need the resume builder. Got to have it, man. We got We're running out of those opportunities that we were. Seven out of the last ten were ranked opponents, you know, and some of them dropped out of the top twenty-five. Uh, but Virginia Tech and Notre Dame were the two massive opportunities down the stretch. Virginia Tech at home and Notre Dame on the road on the last Sunday of the year. Those are the two that you get those, and I feel like it's going to be really hard to see a scenario where they're not a top four seed. You know, if they win both of those games. It's kind of amazing uh, and sad, I think, unfortunately. Louisville is partly, you know, to blame uh, for this. But the degree to which the ACC in women's basketball has ascended, mm -hmm. I think mean, it is best or second best conference. SEC maybe the best conference, but it's second it's right best. There. Probably at worst, second yeah. best. Uh, 1A, 1B maybe. Uh, while at the same time, I mean, men's basketball is in this, the most prolonged, I think, of a funk we've ever seen. Uh, on the men's basketball side in the ACC, and, and that even the Duke in Carolina, uh, I was looking at, uh, I think it was either Torvik or somebody else, like the top 30 players in the country on the men's side, and that there's one in the ACC, one player. And, like, I don't know how many years in its history that would have been true. Davis, so. I think yeah. may, might be. It, it would make or sense. Or Filipowski right? maybe. But, like, yeah. but like. The, it's shocking to sort of just see it sort of just continue to sit in this malaise. Not where it's, like, terrible, but certainly not what it's been. While the women's basketball seems to have figured it out, and you have multiple programs that have ascended over the last four or five years, that several of them have never been this good before. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they are, and the league's fantastic. And we've probably got two first-team All-Americans and 
in the ACC with Liz Kitley and uh, Hannah Hidalgo. They're probably both going to be first-teamers. Who is not a referee, despite my <laughs> assertions the other day. <laughs> I got uh, Carla's last name. Carla was Fountain? Fountain, yeah. Yeah, I, got, I called her Hidalgo for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like she was playing. That's right. She wanted to be in that game. Yes. In my mind, she was playing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, look, the, the atmosphere on Sunday should be awesome. Um, I know they're trying to push for this to be the, the biggest attendance of the year. I'm hoping we can get there. Uh, there's no reason not to. You know, Virginia Tech's a premier team, and it's a premier matchup. Uh, and it's going to be one of those indicators, man, to see what kind of team we can be down the stretch. Uh, we've got the pieces. I mean, it was nice last night for as, as – Awful as the turnovers were, it was nice to see, like, Nina Ricards has had a couple of games this year where she's been really key on the offensive end, and she can get buckets. Like, if you have – she's known for her defense, and that's the main reason why I brought her in, uh, to play point guard and, 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 pl- and be a defensive stopper. And she um, She's had games this year where she's just been a bucket getter, and it's been nice to see. Like, she's so quick. You better be able to stay in front of her. That's what she brings, and, and she's got a – a killer release on that mid-range jumper, um, and it was awesome. She kind of kept us in the game while we were struggling and, and foundering early on on offense. And yeah, I mean everybody's still taking turns, man. It's it's such a balanced team. Nyla Harris has sort of grabbed the reins as as our best player over the last several several games. But yeah, it's been fun to watch everybody everybody kind of uh, kind of take turns being the being the star. The texture says if it helps Biscuit with his wingy situation. It is Saturday in Dubai right now. Does, I don't know do if you it feel does. like that helps you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it does. I don't, I'm not sure if it does or not. But uh, look, man, I can I can hold off for a couple hours. I'll be all right. I won't wither away. Uh, but yeah, look, Liz Kitley. We all know how impressive she is. Uh, she's a big body and she's extremely skilled. Uh, she's she's not just a just a big. She's a she's a dynamic big. She's got good court vision. She's a good passer. Uh, she's phenomenal in the offensive glass. It's going to take Nyla and Olivia working together as they do uh, to keep her off of the glass and, and keep her away from those second-chance opportunities, which she gets all the time. Uh, and we, we need to be very cognizant of where she is at all times on the defensive end uh, because she blocks shots, too. She has, I think, 50 on the year. We'll go ahead and open up the phones here uh, on a Friday if you guys would like to jump in with whatever it is uh, that is on uh, your mind here. But I just figured, look, with that game uh, last night close uh, and with all of this sort of coming uh, together here, uh, I think it was worth uh, discussing. They're able to get out uh, of that game alive uh, because that's the sort of thing where you, you, you let a loss beat you again, uh, and then all you're doing is thinking about how you sort of gave up totally unnecessarily another gut punch there yeah. uh, when you really don't have the margin for it. I mean, look, this – give Jeff Walls all the credit in the world – it has become an annual tradition for them to host games at the NCAA tournament. Yep. And it should still be that way. Uh, and you, there's still time. Uh, I mean, look, we, uh, we didn't last year. Right. In terms yeah. of, like, pass-fail, uh, we were talking about uh, with Kenny, like, eventually you have to overachieve. Well, not, this team does have, they've got to do a little bit of that. Yeah. But we think they're capable of it. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's – people forget last year. I mean, we dropped some games we, during the regular season that were head-scratchers, you know, and, and we were not – until Mikasa really took the reins in January. And we looked like a different team after the new year, but, man, we, we still dropped some games we shouldn't have dropped, you know, during conference season last year. Um, this team's better than last year's team. I think baseline, it's better than last year's team. We, mi- we miss Mikasa up top, but 
I think that that with our, our, our versatile wings, you know, our six one uh two threes, you know, that can defend four positions or even five, uh, can really uh counter some of these teams with bigger guards. I think he's really helped us in that one two combination of Nyla and Olivia down low are, are great on the defensive end. Uh, good on the backboards. Even if Olivia doesn't get nine rebounds, she's keeping somebody else off the board at all times. Um, and it's just a matter of who steps up, you know, at, at the guard positions with, with Nina and, and Jada. And, and getting that timely shooting is going to be a big deal um, come tournament time. I just I think the ceiling's higher than last year's team. I think I think the pieces work together better than last year's team. It's more teamy, isn't it? It, it feels more teamy, but – all that being said, you know, they're going to have to be the best version of themselves come tournament time because there's going to be teams that can beat us from this, really the first round of the second round on, really. I mean, the, the fields are, we know this. You pay attention to women's basketball. The fields are just so much deeper than they used to be. Yeah, there's been real progress in that regard. Yeah. Like the, uh, the foundation of the game has grown a lot. 100%. Those 8, 9, 10 seeds are, are really, really good teams now. Uh, worth a, a, a hearty shout-out slash congratulations to Kaylin Clark for becoming yep. the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball uh, last night in uh, entertaining fashion. In, in her fashion, yeah. in Caitlin Clark fashion. A very, uh, look, she's fun to watch. She's amazing. Uh, uh, the, uh, the number of people who have weirdly become haters of hers, uh, I'm only a sore loser. I don't hate her as a player. No, no, I think she's phenomenal to watch. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I hate it when we play her. Last year wasn't fun, but she is – an unreal player, one of, if not the greatest women's bas- college basketball player of all time, she is right there. I think she's the best of all time. But it's, of course, she breaks the record with a logo three, you know, <laughs> which is her trademark. Of course, right. You give her a little bit of breathing room. As soon as she hits 30 feet, she's going to start looking for her own shot. Uh, but she also sees the floor well. She dishes the ball. I mean, she gets everybody involved. I think she scored or assisted on like 73 of their 79 points or something last night. Something ridiculous like that. She had a career-high 49 points. Um, like She did it with flair, for sure, and she's been really good for the women's game. Um, and I'm really excited to watch her graduate. Presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull out here at uh, Beef O'Brady's on a Friday. If we still have Paul, I would love to get Paul in here. Do we have Paul? Let's get Paul in here. Paul, welcome into The Drive, buddy. What's up? Hey, how y'all doing today? Great, man. Good, Paul. Uh, oh, y'all are talking about the the women and uh, you know how we're getting it done. And I mean, I've I've really enjoyed watching this year without a, an ego uh, that is dominating the team. It's like the, you know whoever's got the hot hand takes the shot, and I haven't seen anything, uh, you know, any indication that there's animosity amongst amongst any of them uh you know i olivia may not be scoring the most but she is she is the leader 
I, I feel like you see her out there, and even when she's not having the, the best game uh, for her, she's definitely out there making sure the team is working and playing together. And we definitely miss uh, Mikasa on defense. I, there are days when she's sitting down at the end of that bench, I wish we could suit her up and, and – uh, <laughs> get a couple more games out of her for, for uh, defense's right. sake. She definitely was picking us up by our bootstraps several games in the tournament last year and just uh, willing the team to, to be better and do better. And uh, and I, I feel like to some degree uh, Olivia might be doing that, but not not like Mikasa did. No one is was a motivator on the court like Mikasa has been. Uh, for us in recent years, anyway. But uh, it's been a, it's been great, and I hope we get this win uh, Sunday, and we we get the two first uh, two first weekend games, and uh, and then go on to hopefully a Final Four or a championship. Appreciate the call, man. Yeah, look, um, I have a lot of respect, obviously, for 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 Haley as a player. We all know how talented she was, but I said. Many times last year during the season, this wasn't sour grapes. I said it during the year last year when she was still solidly a Louisville Cardinal that she just dominated the ball at key times, you know, into games, much to, sometimes to our detriment. You know that when we needed a basket, when it was a close game late, I mean, she'd dribble into to two defenders. You know, she'd force a shot uh, when so many times she could help us the most by drawing the defense and kicking the ball. Like, CC was our best shooter last year. wasn't Haley. Haley was a streaky three-point shooter who could get hot. But CC was a 45% three-point shooter. Yeah. She was one of the best shooters in the country, let alone the league. And it, it's, it was so frustrating because so many times I would just be staring at CC begging for the ball or she's ready for it. She's being ignored in the corner. And it's just like, man, you got to get – like, just – Get outside your, your box there. And, and she was ball dominant, especially late in games. And oftentimes it cost us some games last year. Obviously, she's the best in March. She was always her best in March. And that's to her credit and part of what made her great. But our more balanced approach this year and unselfish, I mean, sometimes they're too unselfish, um, has really been, been nice to see. And, and Olivia, to, to your point, I mean, she is an extremely intense defender. She's an intense player, period. Um, it's the reason why I love her so much on the court. And she's uh, at 6'2". I mean, she's listed at 6'3", but she's 6'2", she's I think. Uh, she's still one of the best post defenders in the country and does a really good job against players that are three or four inches taller than her at times. Um, she's really good at keeping them off the boards, even if she doesn't get her own numbers. Um, and she's going to be a, a so key on Sunday, her and Nyla and the work they do underneath on, on Liz Kitley is going to be key. So... Uh, in addition to Aleph, because Aleph's going to have to play some minutes. Um, it's going to be interesting. And, and Jeff mentioned it today. I mean, Olivia's leading the team in minutes, but it's only 26 minutes a game. Yeah. That's how balanced this roster has been this year um, and how many different players are are contributing. You know, and there's some that, that we haven't thought of in a while, like uh, Lily Love, who has had massive games uh, that plays, you know, her, her playing time is often dependent on matchups. Um, but she is that type of defender – you know, when she's in the zone, who can who can turn our, our defense into offense really quickly. Um, 
and I'd love to see some of those chaos lineups down the the the, uh, the stretch that we saw saw that back in January and in December uh, with Lily and 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 Kiki and and uh, and Nyla and Olivia and and, and Nina up top. You know those those uh, lineups that can produce a lot of a lot of turnovers and get out and run. All right, let's go ahead and actually take a break now. And uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk about what the inevitable coaching carousel dis- discussion that's going to be happening uh, around here and why it might be difficult, at least in the short term. So we'll talk about that. We'll take your calls, your texts here throughout on the drive on 9th Be right back. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Welcome back into the drive here on 93 on the Ville. Mark Innes, Dave Skull out here at Beef O'Brady's out here in Hillview. A great place to sort of post up uh, and just uh, drink in sports. we got like baseball, softball, basketball, everything uh, in here. And, of course, we're getting close to uh, the best time of the year on the sports calendar, which is uh, when there is a, an actual buffet of meaningful basketball for everyone to take in. A buffet. Yes. I like buffets. I, I knew that about me. I, I think you and I both look like people who like buffets. <laughs> You've you've graduated to somebody who just looks like a normal guy, man. I mean, Which, you're not. Thank you're, you. You're not. You're, I'm saying you're not. You know. No, I appreciate that. You're not chubby anymore. Not really. Yeah. Not really. Okay. I'll take it. You're not. Thank you. Yeah. You're not. You're certainly not in my weight class. Okay, pal. I'm more of a tight end now than a offensive tackle. There you go. Yeah. Fullback. I don't know. Yeah, H back. That kind of thing. Yeah. There you go. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Me, I'm still a lineman. I always will be. That's okay. We like all kinds. All I'm shapes, still alignment in. That's okay. That's right. <laughs> Texture wants enough. Do you think that since we mentioned it very quickly, uh, do you think that we, uh, if there's any chance, Caitlin Clark comes back next year? Man, I don't know. I don't know. And, and quite frankly, we, I think that we were dropped during our entire Caitlin Clark discussion. So it was. Um, uh, we'll just restate. It was awesome to see her 
break the record last night that uh and she did it in her fashion which was a logo three um which is a shot she clearly practices <laughs> uh she's she's dangerous from 30 foot in man and, and she hit it from about 28 um but yeah i don't know i really don't know if she's going to come back or not she has the record legitimately regardless of how cheryl swoops thought it happened i mean i said earlier i heard i heard diener and, and blank talking about her this morning and i didn't bring it up a couple weeks ago uh, when it happened, because I just didn't want to give it yeah. much oxygen, because quite frankly, like I have a lot of respect for Cheryl Swoop. She's one of the greatest players to ever play this game. But ever since Caitlin Clark broke her NCAA tournament scoring record last year, she's had a certain attitude about Caitlin Clark, and it was just ugly. You know, like it, it was somebody who is extremely well-respected. Nobody's taken anything away from her, who was uh, just spouting – wrong facts about Caitlin Clark claiming that she get it she broke the record in five years claiming she takes 40 shots a game it was just a whole bunch of just salt yeah you know and it was like Cheryl this is beneath you you know like I don't want I don't want to make it anything bigger than it was like I don't like it don't be a Cheryl shirts where I understand I was having fun with it but whatever like you're going a little over the top the whole thing isn't it nice to know isn't it nice to know though that without any of us realizing it thanks to the internet we now know that in fact Every single fan base in the country is addicted to T-shirts. Yes. It's not All just Kentucky. Them. It's not us. It's, it's not Kentucky. Little. Right. It is. Everybody, <laughs> Everybody. They're like, if you like T-shirts, whatever. It's like our strongest renewable resource. That's right. The demand for T-shirts. You know who understood that? Homefield. Yes. <laughs> And the fact that everybody hipster t-shirts. Every single time you tweak a logo, you're probably making it worse. It's like every single team's best logo was from Already 40 happened. years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Homefield understood. Everybody they'll they'll spend money on t-shirts and everybody likes the logo from 40 years ago more than they like the one they've got now. Uh, <laughs> and so it works. It works, but yeah, look, the the conversation was it was unfortunate when people venture into stuff they know nothing about. It's like, look, Cheryl Swoops knows everything. Like she knows everything about playing the game. She's an incredible, she's a legend of the game. But if you really don't know anything about somebody, it's like just just don't say anything about it. And to everybody on her, like it was just unchecked on that stage. And I was like, all right, okay. You know, it just makes everybody look bad. But I didn't bring it up a couple weeks ago because I didn't. There was plenty of oxygen being given to that conversation. Probably too much, you know, that it was. It was just like, look, it was so absurd that it was like, yeah, hey, it's a black mark on somebody who. Every like is unassailable, and Cheryl Swoops, who's a legend. There's no need for her to debase right. herself in this conversation. She's not she losing at the at Caitlin Clark's expense. Exactly, yeah. and and it just came off as so salty, and it was like, look, I. It's a. It was such a bad look. It was such a bad look for Cheryl Swoops, but it also, it's like whatever, move on. Everybody who paid even half, half a second of attention knew that she's a four-year player. You know, that she's not doing anything that anybody else didn't do before or doing it in, a, in an unfair way. It's a legitimate record. Just understand it. Yeah, the, on, the only thing I'll say before we move on to past that is I've, I've never understood anyone's obsession with totals, records. Yeah. Uh, insisting that there needs to be some sort of context always attached to it or asterisks, asterisks or yeah. any of that stuff. Totals records, are they, they do not tell a story. They are a reflection of totals. It is a spreadsheet. That's it. It the person who has scored the most points is that's not the greatest points. It's just right. the most. Who did the most of anything? I don't care how long it took. Who I'm asking how many times did someone make the most baskets or whatever. Like the 
That's all it is. Yep. I'm not asking you to interpret any of it. And so the obsession with, like, this total got done faster than this one or longer. Than, I don't care. It's just who did it the most. I think the only, the only caveat to that in the, in the college game is that traditionally, obviously, it's limited to a four-year win, four window. Always. So it's much easier to do a like-for-like like comparison. And if you want to give further context, like before freshmen were allowed to play, it was a yeah. three-year total. Before the three-point line, you know, it's a little more impressive that Maravich scored as many points as he did, averaged 40 a game in a season at LSU because he didn't even have the three-point line. You know, like, like yeah. those things are those things give it more context and, and make it more impressive. But the one thing you could always depend on in the college game that it was a four-year limit. thing is it's still a four-year limit, or it was still a four-year accomplishment yeah. for Kalen Clark, which is why the entire genesis of the conversation was stupid. You know, right. but uh, it's – Whatever. Now, we all know what she's done and how phenomenal she is. You don't accidentally score 3,000 points in the women's game. You just don't. Now, we mentioned we are obviously, we're sort of careening towards the, the inevitable coaching search. Uh, I don't know here, what you're talking about. Uh, on the men's side. <laughs> and uh, in, in the end, in the final analysis, so much of the reason that we're going to have two very, very disappointing seasons and a short tenure for Kenny in particular is going to be their inability to guard anyone individually or as a team, really. Yes. Uh, and the fact that despite some things, I think, marginally improving, especially on the offensive side of the ball, none of you and I have not begrudged that at all. Uh, that it has not really moved at all on the defensive side. And our larger complaint about Kenny has always been, doesn't seem to really properly diagnose the problem. When if you went to a doctor who routinely misdiagnosed you, you'd stop going to that doctor. Right. Uh, and so today, uh, Tyler Griever, I think, tweeted this out a little bit earlier today. He asked Kenny about why Louisville seems to continue to struggle on the defensive end. And here's, here's his answer. Well, you know, the main thing is that you can't win in basketball if you don't defend. You know, I love, I really like what we're doing offensively when we're playing together, multiple guys are scoring, we're putting up big numbers. But at the end of the day, if you're going to win, you've got to get stops. Um, and that's hard for a young team, um, a young team that primarily individually have been scores, and now they're being asked, to defend, um, to change their mentality into, I know that I've always been this guy since I've been born. Now I have to buy into fighting on defense, keeping the ball in front, willing a guy to get a stop, uh, not just being there saying it was a good defense and he made a shot. That's not going to get it done. Uh, you have to will him to miss the shot. They get one shot and we have to rebound the ball. Uh, we can't give teams um, you know, live ball turnovers and they go get layups or easy threes in transition. That has hurt us. We have to be more solid. Um, you know, there's a multitude of things that it's attributed to, but overall, um, we just got to get better defensively. Dave, somehow uh, AAU has managed to only restrict Louisville players from playing defense. Yes. Uh, but this, uh, just put this in the file uh, of Kenny uh, not being able to solve the problem because he thinks something else is the problem and that whatever the problem is, it's out there. It is always out there. 
It is always out there. And it drives me nuts. And it's why I, I have always struggled to have the, the tiniest amount of sympathy for any of the other things that he has legitimately had to deal with. He doesn't take ownership of anything. Yeah. And is, you know, they talk about people who don't, like, their mental health is not great. I'm not saying anything about him. I'm just saying in terms of, like, mental toughness and that sort of thing, one of the worst things for you is having an external locus of control. The control of these things is out there, and I'm sort of I can't ta- do anything about it. I'm being it. taken for a ride. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know if he's – there, there's two big red warning signs for why this just can't continue anymore. This is the same excuse that's being shopped an hour to the east of us in Lexington. These are young kids. They don't know how to defense, all that sort of thing. Even though he went for years with having fresh, almost entirely freshmen who defended – Quite nicely. Which is one of the things I always gave him credit for, was that Calipari it's, was, it's was... one of the things we thought definitely yeah. would happen. Sure. Yeah. sure. Anthony Davis was a pretty good defender in college. Among others. Well, yeah, no, we were, we were saying, and MKG was too. Like, we're saying that a he bunch used of to... Them were. He used to... Eric Bledsoe. Like Calipari used to... Willie Cauley-Stein. It's the thing I always gave Noel, I always gave him for, was that he would get these McDonald's All-Americans together as a team and make him play defense. Almost immediately. Every year. Now, obviously, it was more free-form on the offensive side, but defensively, they were always a good team. That's not the case this year. It was uh, faulty last year, and that's why they're up in arms and uh, hoping that Calipari uh, decides to, to do something else with his life after this year. Um, but, look, this has been the problem from the beginning. Is it, This is the perfect example of, of the two biggest issues with him, is that he hasn't coached them into a even halfway defense uh, decent defensive team in 18, 20, 25 months, almost two years now. He's been at the helm for almost two years. We're like two months short of his two years. And he doesn't take accountability for anything. It was just a perfect little capsule. I mean, we're talking about the inability to get young players to play defense because of AAU or whatever in February of his second season. Right, because that explanation right there does not explain backdoor cuts behind Brandon no. Hatfield all the time. And that you've had these guys as your players for six months. Yeah, I tweeted this, and, and I'll explain it a little more, but, but I think it makes perfect sense. If he was saying that after a, a preseason practice, I would totally understand yeah. that. Yes. That's the time to be telling me, Listen, right now, if you came to practices, our defense is terrible. Seven or eight months ago in the summer. Some of these guys, yeah. it looks like they've never played defense in their lives. And you know what? They probably haven't. A- AU doesn't really emphasize this. But we'll get there. But it's my right? job to make them play defense together. Yes. That, that well, God forbid, right? I told like, them to play defense, but they don't listen. I know. <laughs> that's right. No, he said, like, we got to get more solid. I'm sitting there going, what does that even mean? Right. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't even tell me what the solution is like, uh, it, because you don't know what it is. Because it's February and you haven't gotten him to play defense yet, that's what kills me. That's that that was a perfect little microcosm of of the the Kenny Payne tenure and what's so frustrating about it. And you can add on other offshoots that, uh, including, it was your choice for them to be this young. I'll go back to roster management again. We talked about it on Wednesday. I don't care. It's still relevant. Like it's you zagged and went younger when everybody else was going older. And in this case, my man, it wasn't 
the right decision, especially when you're trying when you need to win games now, and when you're going to complain about this is why like I, we said for years, I don't care if your team is young in Lexington because you chose for them to be this young. Yeah, that's why nobody buys that excuse from Calipari. Say, so, well, they're young. They're going to be young every year the way you build a team. That's why you don't accept the excuse here, especially in the modern era when the portal is so easily accept, accessible and so accepted as the main way to build a winning roster right now, especially for new coaches, right? And how many times did I pound on the table last offseason and say there's still a veteran guard hole, you know, shaped hole in your roster? It's right there, right where Karan Davis is, right in between Karan Davis and, and, and Danilo. It's right there. You know, you could move them aside and fit two more guys in there too. But you chose to get those guys who didn't make any kind of impact this year, one of whom didn't play in a regular season game, instead of going out and getting older. You know, you signed a, a really nice freshman class, and nobody's holding Dennis Evans having a, you know, a possible condition that might hold him out of basketball for the rest of his life against you. But the fact you didn't go pick up another veteran big is a, a, a mark against you because you had room on the roster. Instead, you got Karan Davis and Danilo and left the scholarship open. That's a problem. That's, a, that's, that's an issue, and that's why nobody accepts the excuse that's right. that, that you're too young. That's yeah. why nobody's going to accept that because you had the control yeah, it's, it's, over this roster. It's the, old, it's the old joke. It's like, oh, well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> that's right. That's like right. That, that's exactly what this is. But, it, but will he ever say that? No, of course not. He, <laughs> but it doesn't even account for everything. If you want to tell me that Ty – Tyler is not one of the guys struggling with defense. Right. And he's a young guy. If you want to tell me that Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams are struggling on the defensive end, I don't believe that. Now, they might not be, like, fundamentally super sound, but I don't think that there's been a time this year where I've looked at Curtis Williams and Caleb Glenn and been like, half-assing it out there. I've seen it with Trey White. Caleb, for sure. <laughs> I've seen it with Sky Clark. Yeah. Those guys are very far removed from AAU basketball. Those guys are not 18 years old playing their first season of college basketball anywhere. Neither is it Brandon. The problem isn't even really, I think we've all kind of moved to this. I think Trey White's kind of dogged it at times and it pouted a little bit. But overall, I haven't really seen much pouting lately. They don't do it well together, and yeah. that is, that's you. It's wasted effort. Yes. It's wasted effort because it's effort that doesn't have direction. You know, even when they're playing hard on defense, it's like, man – you you might be working hard to, to to try to make up for the mistake that a teammate made or that you made. A lot of people running around in the wrong direction or, or, or too late to compensate for being out of position. Stuff like that. You know, that's at this point it's not a trend. It's not an aberration. The good defensive games are the ones where teams don't score eighty five are the aberrations. Those are the outliers. And that's a problem. You can't, you can't win basketball games trying to score 85 every game, 90 every game, against, especially against some of the teams we play. Like, that's hard to do just on an average defense to score 85 to 90 points in a game. You know, yep. People tend to do it against us every game, and we have to try to match that. That's not a way to live in college basketball, especially not Power Five. You know, it might be catchy, uh, kitschy for like VMI 
right. to go out there and, and play shoot, run and shoot the old run, run and, and shoot yeah. and, and shoot forty threes. And at some point, they're going to knock somebody off because they had a hell of a night on the offensive end. They scored one hundred and fifteen points, and uh, you know, uh, NC State couldn't do anything about it or whatever. And they might win a game uh, or might win their their you know conference tournament or whatever, make the make the NCAA's. But man, that's no way to live. As a, as a team that's won three championships and a fan base that demands the best and pays for it, we can't just be like, man, I hope they figure out defense next year. We've had two years to put a good defense on the court, and we haven't seen it. Let's get Bob in here before we hit too late. Uh, get too close to the top of the hour break here. Bob, welcome to the Giant Buddy. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, hey, uh, I am listening to you all talk about uh, Kenny Payne and his comments about defense, and it, it then hurts. <laughs> that hurts me uh, a lot, too, because, uh, you know, you look at coaches like uh, Virginia's coach Bennett or Marquette's coach Shaka Smart, uh, Patino with St. John's, they have strong defense, and you don't see backdoor cuts against them. Uh, so, you know, this thing that Payne is saying, I, I just don't buy. Uh, I think from what, you know, if, if you listen or read, it's that a lot of the players are confused uh, as far as what they're, the, you know, the, what they're supposed to be doing. And, and that's, that's just a big problem. Yeah, our offense has gotten a lot better, but we're not going to. You know, we're going to win games without good defense, and that's that's been Louisville basketball in the past under Patino and and under Denny Crum. So um, again, it's just another excuse uh, for uh, for us to get enough basketball coach, and, and I hope the new basketball coach that we get. Well, but I think it's going to be resolved in some way because the, the, we should never have brought in an assistant coach who's never been a head coach before. That, that's, that's one of the biggest things. So, uh, anyway, I know you've heard me call. I'm not a big KP fan anymore. <laughs> so, appreciate uh, it, Bob. Thank I, you for the call, bite. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, uh, listen, yeah, you don't have to apologize for repeating yourself. The same mistakes keep happening. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. you are having a normal reaction to the same problems. We, we'd wish we have a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I would also like to stop feeling like, like some of these are reruns. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about um, what we're going to do about this on the other side. What are we going to do about it? We'll find out. Wow. Be right back.